friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough Podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In episode 41, Sasha talks about the importance of attending conferences. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Hey, this is Sasha, your host. Welcome to the Brave Enough Show. I'm super excited um, because I have something really fun and I want to offer it to you and I want to get serious. I hate to do this right off the bat, but let me just tell you that a couple of years ago, a few years ago, I was in a really low place in my life and I had really lost myself. I came to this idea that the more successful I was, the more I had on my CV, the more I had going on in my life, the more happy I would be. And I found the exact opposite to be true. The more overcommitted I became, the busier I became, the more I ignored things in my life that I needed to address and the easier it became to live in this busy, frantic, burned out state. And I spent a year getting my life back on track and it really took me a year. But through that year, I read tons of books and I basically did a life curriculum for myself. And out of that is now what is called the Brave Enough Masterclass. It's a 12-week intensive that is completely doable in your busy work life. And it's about an hour and a half a week that you will commit. And you can do it on your own time because it's all online. And then you connect for 30 minutes once a week in a class. And if you can't connect during that 30-minute live event, then you can watch later and leave... uh, comments and and then I respond to those. So you're still connected because I understand 12 weeks is hard to make um, each event. And so, but what's incredible about this is that there's been about a hundred women that have gone through the class now in different classes and every cohort that goes through the class at the end of the class has a really special bond and they've made great relationships. They've made accountability partners, but most of all, they've made life sustaining changes. They've made changes in their work life where they have now been able to negotiate for things or really create the work life that they want. They've made changes in their home life because when your work life is better, guess what? Your home life is better. And it's just been an incredible journey. And I, you know, I did this class because I needed it. And actually it has just like exploded and it's awesome. And our next cohort starts September 10th. And I would love to get to know you in the Brave Enough class. So if you want to join the class, if you're interested at all, just email me at Sasha at becomebraveenough.com. I read all your emails. They all come to me and I promise you I read them and you can find out more about it. Or if you're like ready to register, go to becomebraveenough.com, click on classes or resources and click on the masterclass. It'll tell you an overview of the 12 weeks. And I promise you it's something you can do and fit into your schedule. So today's topic is something that I've written a little bit about. And many of you know, in the medical profession that we attend conferences. And we have to do this. It's part of our ongoing continuing education, not just in medicine, but in many different professions, you have to get ongoing education or you want to, because you want to actually know what's going on. You want to better yourself and your environment and your workplace. And so many of us professionally attend conferences. And if you've ever attended conferences, you know that it is so easy to go to these things and just become 
completely exhausted. And then you come home and everybody kind of, you know, thinks you've been on like vacation, you know, <laughs> and you're like, okay, not only is my inbox full and my emails are now overflowing, but I've actually been working for the last five days or however long. And so I have, I am someone who speaks probably 20 to 25 times a year, um, in different places. And I go to a lot of conferences. And not only that, I actually put on conferences through my subspecialty organization that I work with, the Society of Cardiovascular Anesthesiologists, um, through my job at the University of Nebraska Medical Center, I do conferences. And then I also do uh, the Women's Brave Enough CME Conference through my own business and organization. So I am well-versed at not only attending conferences, but putting them on. And I see a lot of people on Twitter and on social media, and there's a lot of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to this conference, but I don't know how to network, or I really want to get involved in this, but I'm not sure. Or I want to go to this conference, but I'm totally exhausted when it's over. And then I come home and my family has been missing me. I'm absent from my home life. I've been absent from my work life. And many of us have to stack all of our call requirements or our clinical commitments. And it just can be really exhausting. So basically, I'm going to give you the skinny of what happens and how I have changed in my philosophy of conferences. The first thing I plan, I prepare an action plan. And if you know me, you know that I have an old fashioned pink passion planner that is my life. And it's kind of my life source. It's like the, the Dead Sea Scrolls or something to me. <laughs> and I never go anywhere without it. In fact, if I lost this thing, I would, I would be a mess because I love technology, but I love having a planner that I can visualize. And so whenever I know that I'm going to a conference, the first mistake that I have, that I used to make is I would, you know, fly in at the very last minute, fly out the earliest out because I have four kids and because I have a busy work life and I'm trying to optimize my post-call days and my travel days and all these things. And if you start off a conference exhausted and behind in sleep, it just, it, it's a terrible way to do it. Now, do I do this every time? No, but if there's a conference that I know I need to really be present at, I need to hustle at, I need to network at, I do not go to that conference and, and fly in at midnight the night before. I go, I always try to prepare an action plan and part of that action plan is my travel days. And I try to make my travel days actually enjoyable. Okay, now this is gonna shock you, but what I've started to do is I have started to leave a few hours early and I get to the hotel like right as I can check in. Or in fact, I just recently went to a, a conference in California. The first flight out was at six in the morning. I took that flight and I basically couldn't check into the hotel till like two. I scheduled a spa appointment. It was luxurious. I started out my conference, which I knew was going to be exhausting, which I knew I was going to be networking nonstop when I wasn't speaking with a spa date at the hotel. Okay. This was like genius. I thought, okay, this is, this is amazing. Like, why have I never done this before? So literally when I checked into the hotel, I was like, I'm going to go check into the spa. They will let you do that. I ordered lunch in the spa. I ate my lunch. I worked on my talks in the little spa after I had a massage. I spent like five or six hours. And then I went and checked into my hotel room and 
I can't do that every time. Maybe you can't do that every time, but I'm telling you, if you have a big conference coming up, this was like such a good thing for me because I got in a mindset. I felt totally caught up. I talked to my kids on the phone. I answered a bunch of emails and I was not in this frantic mode of landing, which I normally would do for years and years. I've done the night before going over my slides on the airplane, you know, getting six hours of sleep and starting a crazy conference. So if you can get to the conference early, that would be huge. So part of also preparing an action plan, which is step one, is I pretty much look at the entire day and I plan a conference like I plan any other work day. I look at when am I going to have time to network? When am I going to have time to exercise? When am I going to have time to actually like sit outside and have a glass of wine um, and be in the city that I'm going to be in by myself and people watch if that's something that I want to do for an hour or two. When am I going to have time to get near the water? If you know, I live in a landlocked state and I, if I'm on the coast, you will find me near the water for at least an hour. Um, I have one of the most special memories of my life was at a conference. I invited three friends who were at the conference. I knew we're going to be there. And we um, rented a car for an afternoon and we drove like an hour to two hours and we just drove and it was so amazing and it was so fun. And we made, we made the most amazing memories. And we still talk about that. We're like, do you remember when we drove down the coast for just that, like four hours, we rented a car, we had the car brought to the hotel, we all piled in and we just had the best time. And so I'm telling you that you can actually schedule some downtime and it's good to do that because you will get more out of the conference. Part of the action plan also is knowing your surroundings. So I always try to figure out like, okay, where's the best place? Like, for example, maybe I need to get a haircut. Maybe I can get a haircut during this conference. Um, maybe I need to get my nails done. Maybe I can do that. Maybe I need to actually go uh, work out in, in this cool place or whatever it is. I try to give myself a little, you know, something. If I'm going to be leaving my family and I'm going to be spending time away from them and leaving my work, I want to not just enjoy the conference, but I want to enjoy the city. And I want to give you permission to do that, as weird as that sounds. So oftentimes we guilt ourselves. We're like, okay, we can't get, you know, we have to be working from six in the morning till, you know, two o'clock at night and doing all these things. And certainly if you're running a conference, that is even more important to give yourself a little space because man, can it be exhausting. So the other part of my action plan is I look at the people. I look at the speakers and I think to myself, who do I want to meet? And this is really important if you're a junior person in the field of whatever you practice or whatever field that you're in profession. People that are superstars in your field are very approachable, okay? They're very willing to give you even, you know, two minutes of their time to give you some great advice. And so I will literally look at the pro the program and I will think, who do I want to meet? And if I could meet that person, what is one question I want to ask them? And I waste no time. So, you know, if there is a really big name that I just want to meet, I will boldly go up to them and stand in line after their talk. And I will thank them for coming. I will introduce myself and I will say, can I ask you one question? And sometimes it's nothing about what they just presented. Most of the time it's about their career or leadership because that's what interests me in the space I'm currently in. So I plan that. And then I also plan who do I not know that I actually want to get to know on a colleague level from a professional colleague standpoint. Can I have a coffee with them, you know what? I'm going to tee this up by emailing them 
before the conference and asking if they can meet with me. This is especially important if you are someone that is going up for promotion and you need academic letters or academic um, support or recommendations for a program. Maybe there's a you know program that you need a letter of recommendation to get into or a fellowship or whatever it is. You will be surprised at how many people are willing to meet with you for 10 minutes. You can buy them a cup of coffee and you can get enormous feedback and massive, massive capitalization on networking if you do it in small amounts and you're very specific. So as someone who is becoming, I would say mid-career, but it's it's kind of, I don't I don't like to use the word senior <laughs> when I refer to myself. <laughs> It's really hard for me to say ever that I'm senior faculty because I just don't like that word. Okay, that's a whole other episode I probably need to work on. Okay, so, but I can tell you, I get emails all the time from people that, that say, you know, can I, can I, can you mentor me? Um, do you have time to talk to me? Do you have time to meet with me? And what I do as a mentor is I'll say, you know what? I don't, I'm, I'm happy to meet with you. I will give you 15 minutes over a cup of coffee and I will answer three questions because actually what that does is it makes the person that has reached out to you really get focused and, and think about the three questions that they want to ask you. Maybe it's just one question, but you will be so surprised at how many people will meet with you and talk with you or help you through an issue or a problem, or maybe you are facing an obstruction, or maybe you just want to know, like, how can I get involved in this committee? Or how can I get involved in this work? Or how can I publish something? Whatever it is. Um, And so I think that what you really want to do is you want to get focused yourself and make that plan. And I can tell you that when I go to conferences, okay, and this is what I call capitalizing on your, on your surroundings. When I go to conferences, this is step three. Um, I love to connect with friends. I always try to have one or two friends that I connect with and go to dinner with that are from all over the country that I miss that my, my dear close friends, but I don't spend a lot of time when I go to conferences with people that I work with. Okay. And this is difficult for me to, um, oftentimes, you know, explain to people, but I'm just going to be really honest. It doesn't do me a lot of good if I go to conferences and I only sit with, hang out with, and talk with the people I'm with every day in my own surrounding or workplace. And that's what I think a lot of people do because they feel safe doing that, or maybe they're introverted, or maybe they, they just feel safer doing that. Now, I love the people I work with, and we always try to go out at least one night, but it really doesn't help your career if you go to a conference and you just stay um, in a group of people you already know. So if you're actually wanting to increase your knowledge, which is why we go to conferences, if you want to increase your network and meet different people and ask different people, you know, how do you solve this problem in your environment? How do you guys get through this problem? How have you hired this, this or recruited for this or whatever? You have to meet people from other environments. And the only way you're going to do that is if you actually get out of your little comfort zone and you move outward and people are so approachable. I remember, you know, going up to someone who was like my, my idol. And I was so nervous to meet her for the first time. I had watched her in my specialty lead for years. She was one of the only women in my specialty. And she was not only a fantastic leader, but 
She was impeccably dressed. She always carried herself with confidence. And I just, I just was like wowed by her. And I remember the first time I went up to her and introduced myself, she was the most warm and kind and friendly person. And I thought, what have I been doing for 10 years? Why haven't I introduced myself before? And now she's one of my friends and someone that I can call on when I need a, a, a piece of advice from someone who is really wise and who's been doing this 20 years longer than me. So you will be surprised at how many people will reach out to you when you just say, Hey, can I have a cup of coffee with you and ask you these three questions? And they will love that you've thought about it and prepared three questions. And so think about who you're with at meetings. Um, you know, think about where, what you're doing at the meeting. Sometimes you just go to a meeting cause you want to hear some great education and you want to get some good ideas. But a lot of the meeting takes place in the hallways and at the coffee shop and outside of the actual event. And that only happens when you really just put yourself out there. I'm telling you, just do it. Hang out at the hotel coffee place, hang out at the hotel bar afterwards, you know, go grab a, a cocktail or something or a soda and just talk to people because that's where you actually learn and that's where you make connections. For example, another thing, um, you know, when you are a speaker at a meeting, you are emerging as a content expert in that area. And I think one of the things that happens is people spend hours and hours put together, put together, oh Lord, put putting together, <laughs> I need less coffee. Clearly I've been drinking too much coffee today. Um, putting together a fantastic overview, a review, an uh, an educational talk on X topic. And then what happens? You do all that work and it dies. What you want to do is maximize that work that you've put into the conference by allowing yourself to emerge as a content expert and then somehow turning that into either a publication or a grand rounds talk or another invitation to speak. Okay. So this is what is really important at the end of any talk you give, or even if it's a small group discussion or an abstract, you know, open an invitation, say, you know, thank you for inviting me. And I would love to, st I'm going to stand, I'm going to be at the coffee shop for an hour. If anyone wants to come and talk to me about this topic, or if anyone has any questions, or if anyone has any other ideas of how I can further this, I'm going to be at the Starbucks in the hotel lobby from this time to this time. This is what I've begun to do. And it really has opened up my networking and it's opened up collaboration. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but at almost every conference, whether it's in medicine or engineering, there are oftentimes people from journals there or the publishing world, and they're looking for ideas and they're looking for people to write and they're looking for people that really are emerging as subject experts. And so it's always good to put your information on your slide so they can contact you so they can get to know you. That's just another little tip. I I've actually almost, you know, written probably five or six papers in my life that actually came from me giving a talk somewhere and someone saying, hey, I know you gave a talk on this. I know you're you've did an intensive review of the literature. Do you mind taking this a step forward and doing writing X, Y, Z? And even if I haven't done it, I've been able to give that person, hey, I, I can't I don't have space for that in my life today, but I know my junior colleague does and I will help that person. So it's really awesome to think about when you put work into something that you are actually preparing for a conference, um, hey, what? where can this go? And it doesn't always have to be just if you're speaking. For example, 
If you are attending a conference and you have an interest in, I'm just going to make something up, blue toothpaste, okay? So you are really interested in blue toothpaste. This is your area of study. You think it's cool. You've studied whether blue toothpaste is better than white toothpaste and you're like all into this. And you see that someone is giving a talk on toothpaste. You should go to that talk and not just go to that talk. You should go up to that person and introduce yourself because guess what will happen? There's probably a project, a paper, a publication, something that you can collaborate on. And that's how you make connections with people that are in your area of expertise from other institutions. And that's how collaborations and invitations come and other things come. And, and I'm telling you, I have done this so many times and it has really helped me build my career because maybe you're in an environment where you don't have anyone to mentor or sponsor you. And conferences are great opportunities to find those peer mentors and there's those peer sponsors. And then the last thing I would say is return and reflect. Okay, so this is huge. Return and reflect. Um, Don't put yourself, you know, get slammed right back into work. If you can, give yourself a day. This is so important. It's probably the most important part of this entire 20-minute lecture right now. Um, Give yourself time. Give yourself time to come back, unpack, reintroduce yourself to everybody that you've been missing for the last four or five days. Give yourself time to make a list of what did you, what do you, who do you need to follow up with? Who do you need to shoot an email and say, thanks for having coffee? Hey, I loved your talk on X. I didn't get to talk to you at it at the conference, but I would love to collaborate with you. And these are my interests. Um, who do I, what do I need to change in my own institution that I learned at this conference? What are some pearls I took away? What are some new educational pieces or some new, um, ideas or some new things that we should try to implement in my, our own work environments? All of these things are great to put into a little notebook. I actually take notes and I have this and I refer back to this and I go, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. I need to implement this in my life. So I think conferences are an amazing uh, adventure. They're, they're super fun, but I think it's better when we plan. So number one, prepare an action plan. Number two, know your surroundings and give yourself some space for fun and to recharge, you know, give yourself permission to do that. So plan it out. Give yourself an afternoon where you can just go walk around the city or go what people watch or, you know, go to an event or a museum or something there that's really cool that you've always wanted to see. Um, capitalize on your networking, see who you actually could, could meet and that could mentor you, sponsor you, or help just answer a question and make sure you're not just hanging out with people that you already know, because that's probably not going to, you know, really help you grow in the future. Um, make time for special friends, definitely make times to connect with those colleagues that you get to see once or twice a year and then return and reflect. So I'm going to leave it at this. This was a short episode, but I just wanted to give you some of my pearls for how to maximize the conference experience. And I hope that I get to see some of you at a future conference. Um, I'm constantly updating my events page on my website. So you know where I'm going to be and where I'm speaking. I'm coming to California this fall. I'm going to Wisconsin this fall. I'm going to Washington, D.C 
Um, where else am I going? Florida. I'm, I'm coming to you. So let me tell you, I'd, I would love to see you in the audience. And if you ever see me speak, please come and introduce yourself and tell me that you listen to the show. That would mean so much. And if you could leave me a review, I rarely ask for this on iTunes, or if you could just share the podcast with your friends, tell me feedback. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Send me a question. I'll answer it on the air. Tell me what topics you'd love me to cover. I would gladly read all of those emails. You can email me at sasha at becomebraveenough.com. Thanks again and have a great day. And as always, live brave. This has been an HSG production. 